Welcome to the Thriving Women in STEM podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Ursula Lang and Dr. Brianne Daniels. Our mission is to support, nurture, and re-inspire STEM professional women to reclaim their lives and flourish. And the way we do this is through community building, shared experiences, and coaching tools. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, STEM women, STEM community. We're excited to be here at the end of February. And uh, I just want to introduce my wonderful co-host, Dr. Ursula Lang. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the end of February. And definitely super happy to be here as well. Uh, And yeah, I think um, before we get started, before we forget, I want to remind everyone that we on Monday, if you're listening to this when it's released, we are going to be having our monthly webinar workshop slash coaching session. This is completely free to you just as this podcast is. So definitely take advantage of it. We, you will find the link to register for that in the show notes or go to our website. It's there as well. This is the once a month opportunity to actually talk to us about these topics. This month, we're going to be talking about relationships. So I just definitely wanted to get in, get that in before we took off on the podcast this week. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that. That was very well said. And um, yeah, I thought we would just start off a little bit, you know, share a little bit about how our week went and we can each maybe, uh, you know, and our audience can think in their minds what, what your win was this week. Um, and it can be many, maybe you had multiple, but at least pick one thing that you can kind of celebrate um, about yourself, about something that happened in your life this week. Um, we often gloss over those things, right? It's it's often the negative things that we hang on to and we don't always celebrate our wins. So Ursula, what was your win this week? Yeah, I think that's so, so good, Brie. Happy Friday, everyone. I love celebrating my wins on Friday. So yes, very, very um, appropriate. I would say the biggest win for me this past week has been getting a haircut. <laughs> I get, awesome. I have, I average one haircut per year, right around my birthday. And somehow I don't prioritize it the rest of the year, which is fine, but it is nice to just take a moment. So for me, it takes more than just a moment. It took two and a half hours for somebody to cut my hair because there's so much of it, but for sure when, and I feel refreshed, I feel lighter, I feel ready to go. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I, I'm kind of feeling inspired, even though my hair is kind of short, <laughs> I'll get it cut again and it'll be very short. Um, but yeah, I love that lightness that, um, you know, that getting a haircut get brings, you know, and it's also kind of a change or a refresh, um, in both, I guess, appearance, but also just sort of spirit it's rejuvenating. Um, okay. So my win this week, I guess it's kind of like a a process win. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I had, I had a little bit of, um, uh, I don't want to call it a scare. So I was, it was more like, I was a little anxious when I was having some contractions and I'm about 33 weeks. So I was like a little concerned and, um, and I shouldn't say a little concerned. I shouldn't like, you know, lessen it. I was concerned. I was, I was quite concerned. And so, um, anyway, I ended up going to the hospital, which 
ended up being one of those experiences where um, it was actually really good for me to be in a vulnerable position and, you know, kind of accept that, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be, but to kind of make peace with it um, in that process. So in a way, it's kind of like I had a process win. I processed some emotions and some feelings that were uncomfortable for me, but, um, but in going through processing them, you know, I think I was able to get to the other side and now I can move forward from there. And thankfully turns out that, um, you know, I'm not going into preterm labor, at least not at this time. So that's good. <laughs> oh my God. That's such so good that's news. A I love that. Such good news. And yes, processing the negative emotions, that is literally what we do here, right? And it's always like an ongoing, an ongoing battle, maybe not battle, but it's work and it's being intentional and it doesn't come naturally to us, I think. So definitely celebrate that. That's amazing. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So we're actually going to transition to um, a related topic, but sort of different, right? We're always we're always talking about our feelings, really, in in terms of um, our relationship between our thoughts and our feelings, right? But relationships this month and our topic this week is money and relationships. So we wanted to bring this one forward, kind of as an introduction. Um, obviously this is a, a, a large topic and I think you could, you could talk about it purely on, you know, under just money in general, um, or you could subcategorize it into money and relationships or money in a relationship with yourself versus with your partner. So we thought we'd talk about money and relationships and divide it up a little bit in that way. So we're going to touch a little bit on our relationship with money ourselves and then, um, money and our relationship with our partner or whatever people you have in your life, right? It could be, um, it could be a partner that you live with and, or that you're married to. It could be a business partner. It could be a, it could even be a colleague. It could even be a relationship to like the system that you work in. If money's relevant there, there's a whole lot of different ways you could think about relationships and money. And then we'll kind of finish off with um, money and relationship with kids in the mix, um, sort of as a, a sub off of the money relationship with your partner, especially if you have kids together. So um, first, I guess I'll just ask you, Ursula, is there anything under kind of the first one we're talking about money and relationship with self that you would want to bring forward as like the main, the main thing that, that comes to, to mind when you think about money and relationship, your own self relationship with money. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm so happy. We're actually talking before I actually answer your question. I'm so happy we're bringing this topic up right now. And this is really going to be just touching on the topic. Really this whole money relationship coaching stuff can get really deep and extensive. Um, but I think, you know, for women, especially it's so, so important for us to talk about money, especially if like for the majority of your life, you haven't been talking about money because you've been in graduate school or you've been in some sort of training, you've been on a loan, you've been prioritizing your brain and your education. And you're like, I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing it for the 
I'm just doing it for science. I'm doing it for, you know, knowledge and just expanding my mind. And we tell ourselves these lies that we don't care about the money, mm-hmm. but the reality is the real world in order to function within it and to, and to have basically to narrow the gap of inequity that women have between men and money, like that's our responsibility. Like, of course it's the system's responsibility, but in part, like, as if we keep telling ourselves, we don't care, or it doesn't matter, we're becoming part of the problem. And we're not actually taking ownership. We're not standing up for our rights as women with, you know, valuing money and how to get more of it. So there is so much value in just investigating your beliefs and your thoughts and your relationship to money, because you are listening to this podcast as a woman in STEM, you have a personal responsibility as part of our group of people to think about money and to let, to want more of it. Okay. So that, that is my personal goal for all of you is to really just to stop sidelining and to stop lying about it. And I just, just to like get off my soapbox for a minute, but I, one last thing, I brought up a couple of factoids about it uh, with women and how, you know, society has viewed women Um, until 1963. It was actually legal to pay women less for the same work. And after 1974, a woman was no longer, it was no longer necessary for a man to co-sign to take out a loan. 1974. That's six years before I was born. That's like right. blowing my mind right now. And yes, now you guys can all do the math and figure out. Who I am. <laughs> no, no, but that's, I mean, that's, that blows my mind. Even I didn't realize it was quite that recent. Um, that feels like very recent, recent yeah. history to me. Um, 100%. Like this yeah. is, this is unacceptable. I mean, of course the past is the past and that's what we have to deal with. But I think with that, within that, like, you know, just knowing that it's not surprising that women have these, like have inherited a perception about money that is no longer useful to us. Right. So when we talk about coaching and like thoughts, this belief system that maybe 50 years ago was like the norm is no longer helpful to us. Right. We're in a society where we do get to work. We do get to make money and to actually be cognizant of it. Um, so that's my maybe two minute blurb on what, why I think this is important. And, um, yeah, and I, and I can talk about my own beliefs, but, uh, was there anything more specific you wanted me to touch on? Oh, no, that was, that was awesome. That was fantastic. And I think especially bringing forward that, um, like on some level, I think what we're trying to do here, we're trying to support each other and we're trying to bring lift us all up together, you know, as a, as a community, as a team, so we can start, you know, coming forward in our lives, in our careers, speaking up, you know, demanding equal pay, you know, kind of speaking what we need. Um, and I know that there's, there's all kinds of different areas where we could, we could talk about this. It could be money. It could be, it could be, you know, surrounding child bearing and caring or, you know, um, you know, elder parents or, you know, just care, the caring responsibilities that end up falling on women and how that makes it an unequal um, playing field. There's all kinds of different directions we could go with with that. But I think that's an excellent point to bring up that, you know, we're we're here to support each other. And this is a really important conversation to have and to continue to have. And it'll evolve right over time. 
in terms of just in terms of the main topic of kind of money and relationship with yourself or your self relationship to money. Maybe that's another good way to say it. Um, the only thing I guess I would want to bring forward on that is that just to have shine some light on the self-awareness component of it, where we start to really notice what our thoughts are about money. Um, I think, you know, for a long time, I had thoughts about money and I didn't really realize that I was having these very, you know, kind of uh, narrow thoughts about money and that they were just playing in the back of my mind. And I didn't realize what that was actually bringing forth in my life. And so it just can be really helpful for us to start to think about what are the thoughts I have about money? Like, do I think I should have a lot of money? Do I think I shouldn't have a lot of money? Do I think it's good to have a lot of money? Do I think it's bad? Um, And, you know, it's, there's no really right answer, but just starting to be aware of what those thoughts are that you have is super interesting and helpful in starting to move forward towards what you do want, let's say, as a result in terms of money. Let's say you want more money. Um, You know, the place to start is to understand what our current thoughts are about it. Yeah. No, I think that's really well said. And especially when you started talking about good versus bad, I think there is really a lot of morality around money. And you know, if you have a lot of it or if you want it, you're greedy or, you know, corporate America. I think for me personally, having been in academics and having this kind of perception that, you know, there is the, the bio, the biotech and industry is not, is, has like, they want to just get a lot of money for the work that's done in academics and academics don't make a lot of money, but we, we are better somehow morally. And there's just all of this moral, um, uh, like these pedestals that (laughs) we can put in place around money without even realizing where the thoughts came from. And I think that kind of goes to where did these thoughts come from? Where did they originate? And, you know, I think we could probably, all of us could probably go back to what our parents did and showing, showing us an example of what money means. What do we use it for? How do you get it? Like all of these things have answers and you have, like Bree said, playing in the back of your mind, even if it's most of the time it's unconscious of like where, where money comes from, what it means, uh, why is it important? Why it's not important? Is it good? Is it bad? And, uh, and I think one big part of it is how money plays in with time. And like, would we say that expression time is money? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And like how pervasive that expression is, right. We all know it. Yeah. And honestly, I, my, my thoughts around that is that, um, money can buy back time. And, you know, I think we have, touched on time management here. If not, you can definitely go to our, um, our time management workshop that we have for you free on our, on our website. But for me, time really is the one thing that we can't create more of and is very, very precious. Whereas if you were to make more money, bring more money in, you can pay others to do the things that you want to do. You don't want to do, and you can kind of earn your, your time back. Um, by paying somebody else and delegating, right? And kind of figuring out where do I not want to do some of the things in my life and can I pay someone else to do them 
uh, and you know grow grow their per, their personal money, right? It's just the the value exchange, and I think it's a beautiful thing. So, my my evolution with uh, thinking about money and and owning wanting money is is been has been an intentional part of coaching for me. It wasn't something that came naturally. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, I'm still in the process of, of figuring that out. And I, I mean, as, as all things, right, we're always in the process. There's really no end, but um, I agree, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you can, you can definitely pick up at, you know, at any stage and kind of find ways to work on it and find ways to bring more of what you want into your life. Um, and that's, a beautiful thing in and of itself, I guess. Um, and that's why coaching is so helpful and useful and revolutionary, I guess, maybe is another word I'd like to put with it. <laughs> Brings about change. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So I think the last point I was wanting to make under under the umbrella of money and relationship with yourself or yourself relationship with money um, is that once we start to have that awareness and understand what our thoughts are about money, then we can start to free up more of our mental space to kind of have inspiration, innovation, or effective action around money, as opposed to just um, playing the same kind of real in the back of our mind, which, you know, who knows what it is, right? It, there's all these examples we just gave, right? Either money is good, money is bad, having a lot of it is good, having a lot of it is bad, having a little bit of it is bad, having a little bit of it is good, right? There's like, there's all the different ways that, you know, we can be thinking about money. But once we really understand what we're thinking and can start to piece apart what it is that we want to think versus what we're thinking, and maybe we are thinking what we want to think, and that's also uh, useful to know. But let's say if you're, if you're playing a a record in the back of your mind and you realize what it is, you're aware of what it is, and then you realize it's not serving you. That's the really beautiful moment when you can start to free up more space to think about um, where do I really want to go? How do I want to take effective action to get to a different result, the different result that I want? Um, So let's transition a little bit. So we're talking about relationships this month. And of course, you know, we had a discussion earlier, you know, around Valentine's Day, more around a partner and intimacy relationships. Um, So relationship with you and your partner and with money, right? So then that's kind of, kind of interesting because it's like a triangle, right? There's the relationship that you have with money yourself. And then there's the relationship your partner has with money themselves as there was the relationship you have with each other. So, um, so maybe I'll open this up again, kind of the way I did on the, on the other one for Ursula, if there's like kind of one tip or point that falls under this category that you'd want to bring forward, um, in terms of thinking about it or how, how to start to manage that kind of complex relationship. Yeah, no, I think this is, um, this is why we're here. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll share that. I think the biggest tip and point is normalizing the the communication and the discussion around money. Like that being not taboo, that not being something that we're ashamed of, or if somebody comes into the relationship with more money, maybe even more generational money, 
than the other person, that it's also okay to talk about all of it, to, to decide, even if I'm not coming into the relationship with buckets of money, that I do still have thoughts that I have about how I want to run this marriage or this, this joint partnership in terms of investments, in terms of, you know, how we do uh, budgeting, because even just in the past, I would say, what is it like, maybe it's four or five months now that I've started using my own personal finances with my, with my husband, uh, a budgeting app that's been working really well for us. And it's been a way for us to open up communication around all the things and, um, you know, I think there's no right way to do it. I think there's, there's suggestions that we can give. And my personal suggestion, uh, from my experience has been, it's, it is really nice to come together on those, on those conversations from a household perspective. And so having a joint account is something I think is really valuable and kind of putting, pulling money in and saying, this is the, the money, the pot of money that we're going to put towards our household, towards our date nights, towards our special vacations, towards our events, but then also being cognizant of each of us coming to the table with different values and where we want to put extra money, like where we want to put, where do I want to spend a little extra perhaps on clothes or perhaps on, you know, um, even with our coaching business, right? Like mm-hmm. having that autonomy to decide this is something that I want for myself. And I, and having that understanding that, that that's okay. And like having a conversation and this is, it kind of comes to having uncomfortable conversations sometimes and being willing to have the uncomfortable conversation, but knowing that it's coming from a place of self-love and love for the other person and really wanting a win-win and, and all of this, right? Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you brought up the win-win, right? Um, Cause I think a lot of times in our relationships, we end up thinking about the compromises we're making. And sometimes we even frame that in our minds as like a sacrifice, um, you know, that, that in the compromise, you're sacrificing a little bit for so that you make it to the compromise. Right. Um, and we were, we were talking about this a little bit before we actually jumped on recording and, um, for me, at least I realized that, that, uh, that having, having the idea of sacrifice within compromise was actually not that helpful for me. Um, it kind of brought up thoughts of like, I'm not doing what I want to do, or this isn't what I want to do, but I'm sacrificing in the compromise so that we get to a mutual agreement. Right. Um, and so that's just, it's just great, right. To, to, to get to that point, right. Where you have that communication and you get to that level of win-win within the compromise, right? That you're compromising, but it's a win-win. And there isn't that level of kind of thinking that you're giving something up that you actually would would want, right? And I know that it's maybe, you know, it's nuanced, right? That whole compromise is, is quite nuanced, right? And it depends on the specific situation you're talking about. But speaking specifically to money, I think it can be really useful to get to that point of seeing it as a win-win um, when you have enough communication around something like budgeting or household um, expenditures, <laughs> like you were yeah. saying, and I think really what it comes down to is it's all numbers. For 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 you know, at the end of the day, what is money? It's you know, it's we're we're deciding that this paper in front of us is worth something, and 
you know, we've decided as a society is worth something and it's a number, right? It's a number that you pay for your rent or your mortgage. It's a number that you pay for all these other things. And then we have a lot of thoughts about them. We, we have a lot of feelings about money. <laughs> so that's really where, you know, coaching again comes in and you can examine them. You can think about them and, you know, really just remove the drama from it. And, and if, if there is going to be feelings to have the, make those feelings a positive feeling like that, I, I would love money and I want to keep the money and I don't want to just frivolous, frivolously like, like, um, overspend or underspend, you know, so we talk about underspending and overspending with respect to that, because it really comes down to, um, your values, right? Like, are you in alignment with your values? Are we going out and spending a bunch of money on clothes because we're buffering with that because we're avoiding our feelings related to something else? It's it's like a, we can go on and on about this, but at the other at, at the other extreme, it's a scarcity mentality why we might just hang on to our money all the time and we don't allow ourselves to spend any of it because we're scared. So when we talk about um, like you know co- the coaching model with money, it really comes down to what is your feeling about money. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like it's plentiful? Do you feel like you want to hold on to it, that you want to grow it? Do you want to invest it? Do you want it to uh, flourish? Or do you feel like, um, oh, I have it and let's go and spend it. Let's go get rid of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so I think- Or kind of like hot potato, like, oh, I have it. I have to get rid of it. I can't be holding this. Yeah. You know? There is yeah. like the capacity, <laughs> there is the learned capacity to have money. Like your capacity to have is a thing as maybe abstract as that sounds right now, but uh, (laughs) as I'm listening to myself talk, but, um, but yeah, like it is a learned ability to actually have money and not just to always get rid of it all the time and spend it. Mm -hmm. And to, and to have it and to, to be with it, right. With a feeling that, that you want, that you like whatever that feeling is, right. Either loving it or appreciating it. Um, you know, as opposed to maybe having a lot of it, but, but having a feeling of like fear that it's going to go away or fear that you have to protect it or something like that. I think, um, that's fascinating to, to think about or to notice about yourself. Um, and then, you know, once you, once you can pinpoint the feelings that you have around money, um, that's where, that's where, like the world starts to open up because you can start to understand what it is, what it is that maybe you're thinking that's producing that feeling and start to, to manage your mind around where you want your thoughts and feelings to go and create whatever it is you want in, in, in your results ultimately. So that's awesome. And the last point here too, that we had kind of brought up when we were talking a little bit earlier is that the other thing is that this is a constant evolution, right? It's a, it's a process that's not, there's no, there's no there, there, there's no end. <laughs> so we're kind of in constant um, adjustment with our relationships in general, but also probably with our relationships with money. So that's maybe another thing just to keep in mind, you know, that, we're not necessarily saying that like you have to go out and get a budgeting app because then everything is fixed or, you know, like, um, you know, there's no, like, if that was right the case, if like a budgeting app were to fix everything, right. like the world <laughs> would look very differently. Right? It would. And that we'd know the evidence would be there and that would be really obvious. 
<laughs> as any, as with anything, all of these things are tools and it's how you use them. And it's really our thoughts about them that end up, you know, resulting in whether or not they work for you or not. So it's, it's all very personal and it's all very much related to your thoughts. Yes. Awesome. And so we'll just kind of transition and, and finish up fairly soon. So when we kind of continue our thinking about money and relationships, um, we can go from the relationship we have with our partner with money. And then, you know, you can bring in, even if you have children, right, that kind of adds another point in the triangle. So I guess maybe it becomes a diamond um, in my visual brain. Um, But, you know, then you have kind of another layer of complexity to bring into it, which I think, you know, the truth is a lot of us end up in that position and, and haven't maybe spent a lot of time, um, you know, thinking about or being aware of, or, you know, coaching around, you know, our relationships and money within those parameters of ourselves, our partners and our children. And um, so one thing that we wanted to bring forward a little bit was that, you know, there's, there's a lot wrapped up right in, in money, in our family structures, because there's often some amount of division of labor, right. (laughs) Um, Of work and, and caregiving. And it's, it's so many different ways for so many different people. Um, And, you know, we're definitely not trying to categorize anyone into specific boxes or anything like that, but it's just so useful to bring that forward in the conversation that that is definitely one of the reasons that you can find yourself, right. Maybe in conflict with your partner over discussing whose, whose role is what, and then what, you know, what we're making the money in that kind of dynamic mean, maybe is how I'm trying to say this. Like if there's one partner who's making more money, let's say, than the other partner. What are both of you making that mean? And how is that actually coming forth in terms of when you have the caregiving involved too? Because a lot of times, um, you know, there's there's money exchanged either for childcare outside of your home, or if you are in the home and you're providing it yourself, you may not be bringing in, you know, the money in the same way as if you were working in a kind of traditional capacity to bring in money. Um, I know that obviously people are being very innovative these days, and there's probably people who have managed to get on YouTube and be child caring at the same time as they're making money somehow off of, you know, ads or whatever. So there, you know, there's all kinds of ways to think about it, but in a sort of more traditional model is is kind of what I meant there when I was talking about um, often, if you're in a child care capacity, you know, you're, you're not necessarily bringing in money when you're doing that in your own household. Um, So I just wanted to open it up again. So versus there's something um, in this concept of money and relationships with kids, you would want to bring forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, this again plays, you know, it's the additional step in communication that we talked about when we bring money and partnerships and relationship with your partner, uh, your relationship with money and childcare is just another level of communication and where your values are at and what decisions are being made. And, you know, all of these, there's no right or wrong, but I do think that 
you know, traditionally, and as I kind of started off this podcast with the traditional uh, roles that women have had in society and the way things have been written, I think by default, if you're having the baby, there is that just, as we mentioned before, just the, the hardness of your body changing and you having like additional responsibilities, especially early on, perhaps that just make, um, make it challenging to balance bringing in money, especially if like you do need to take an extended time off of work and what that means. So I would just say that, um, yes, it is, um, something that needs, I think the more you talk about it, the more you bring light to it and take, remove the shame that perhaps is maybe around like this idea that we have to always be producing. We have to, we have to always be making money and, again, bringing back the morality piece of it. Like, what does it mean to make money and to bring it into the house? Does that make you better in some way? Does that make you, you know, like, why do we care so much about who is bringing it in? And this is my personal beliefs. When I think about this more holistically, if I'm thinking about this with my partner and with my kids, we are all in it together is my, is the thought that really serves me. And fortunately, I think for me, my husband is a soccer player and he thinks in team mentality. <laughs> so he very much is like, okay, let's even in our vows, I think he took, you mentioned team, like, let's be on the same team, like five times. <laughs> I love that. It's so <laughs> funny. I have a lot in common with Danny. I totally feel the same way. <laughs> and I played I soccer. <laughs> right. Soccer. So as long, I mean, the one mentality, I think that I benefit from having a partner who believes in this team mentality is that, um, is that as long as we're winning as a team, like whoever is bringing what to the table, like we all know that we are in it together. And I think that's where that communication piece can come in where, you know, if, if there is some, like if the partner has thoughts of, well, I'm bringing more money into the house, that means that I deserve more. Like there has to be some open communication. Like what is the value that, that the partner is putting on money versus you're putting on money? And like, does it matter who's bringing it in? And this is like my personal beliefs, obviously, this is my perception of it. Um, and, and then really taking a lot of like being very cognizant of that childcare piece when kids are involved, like, where is their disproportionate amount of burden? I don't like saying burden, but it's work. Right. <laughs> Being the primary caregiver, if that is the role that the woman is playing, um, it could be the man playing the primary caregiver, but like just having this awareness of where there is value being provided and being brought to the table and just having your own, examining your own thoughts about what value you're putting on who brings the money into the house versus the value you're putting on who's caring for kids or who's cooking dinner or who's doing whatever the chores. Um, like I just, you know, it's just really useful to question it all. Oh, I love that. And I feel like there's maybe at least for sure, for whatever reason in my mind, when I was maybe younger, right. And, you know, before I started doing a lot of this work, I think, I had this sort of patterned thought and who knows where it came from exactly that, you know, that somehow being in the home was less valuable. And, and so now I have to work really hard and I'm going to be vulnerable here and just say that, like, I still have to, I'm like currently dealing with my, <laughs> you know, my, my own issues around like feeling 
devalued or you know less valued for being a child the child bearing person at this stage in my life or being the primary child giver and not being the one bringing in you know dollars or or what you know whatever currency i guess <laughs> um so so yeah i think that that's just a fantastic thing to bring forward and and i think it the way you put it was actually really nice kind of to think about our you know quote unquote team <laughs> or however you want to say it as um you know sort of in value units as opposed to dollars or money units um and, 100% you know, that we're yeah. bring we're all bringing forth value and of course, right, um, bearing a child or caring for it um, is a valuable thing. And it has units of value <laughs> if you want to construct yeah. it in units. Maybe you want to construct it some other way. But but I thought that was a really great point to bring forward. And I think that'll be helpful for me in my, <laughs> yeah, in my no, Ultimately, I, th- I, I, I don't know, maybe I've, I've just, it's a learned thing that I've now adopted that's really served me well, but to thinking, thinking about, you know, where I put my time is, you know, where I, what I value. And if I'm deciding or choosing, or one of us is choosing to be home with our kids or to spend more time with our kids or do the things for our kids, like that is immensely valuable um, to me. And, you know, I, in, in a lot of ways, I feel like it's, it's the hardest work and it's a luxury to be able to go to work and use my brain and do something else other than to be there and raise our children. Um, so I personally find it one of the most valuable things to do. And it's the most, one of the most important work. And it's also, um, something that, you know, we signed up for as parents. And, you know, I, I also don't want to say that if there are there are people listening here that choose to hire a nanny and have those, have the nanny be at home, that like you get to decide how you want to live your life, but whatever choice you make, make that the right choice for you mm-hmm. and decide to think thoughts that serve you in that circumstance, because you can do it any which way. There's no right way. The right way is the way you decide to do it, period, because you're the only one who knows. And so for us to get out of the compare and despair and like really stay in our bodies and ourselves and our, and our true desires, I think honoring that is just the utmost importance. And, you know, what we here do in our coaching program is like really to, to help you find your way back to you and find, you know, help you uncover what your values are and and where maybe you aren't, you know, valuing yourself or your, your career or your role as a mother or as a partner. And I think I'm now like completely tangenting away from money, (laughs) but but the way it's totally irrelevant. It is relevant. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I think that was, that was actually, you know, that was an amazing way to kind of close up this topic, I think, because um, really it all does come down to to the the feelings we're having um, a lot of times um, because those are what are driving what we're doing, right? And um, so, yeah, there's no right or wrong and we're not being prescriptive, but we just wanted to, yeah, bring this forward and open up conversation, more conversation amongst, you know, especially women um, and, you know, get us having these conversations so we can start to 
I don't don't want to sound cliche, but be that change that we want to see. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> it just occurred to me there was one other thing that you brought up that I wanted to highlight at the end that there is so much room to be creative in the mm-hmm. ways in which more money comes into your home, into your bank account that you may not be aware of, you haven't thought of, or you th- you've thought that's just not for me, or I can't do that, or I'm not smart enough, or that sounds too hard. Like there's so many little sneaky thoughts that get in between us and creating more for ourselves. And within just looping it completely back to the beginning where I really do believe this is a moral responsibility for us when we're moral than like as, as one of the feminine like um, group here, I think uh, in order to really change, change the, the dialogue and the, the baseline for our children, we need to be the ones setting the example. And so um, learning to be the creative source for bringing more money in to thinking, thinking abundant thoughts around money and to examine where our belief systems might not be serving us, I think is just super important. Okay. I'm sure that we're going to have another podcast (laughs) about this in the future (laughs) that we can go further, Um, (laughs) but join us on Monday, um, for our relationships discussion. All right. So see you then. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to apply some of these principles to your own life, we are here to help. Get started by following the link in the show notes to download our step-by-step video guided workshop to reclaim your time.